Valentine's Day is just around the corner. So my question for you all tonight, uh, who is your pick for your geekiest odd couple? Um, I'm going to go first because I threw Tabitha for a loop when I said this. Uh, I am going to say, I'm going to um, pair up Wonder Woman and Captain America. Um, And mostly because Wonder Woman has a thing for Steve's. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Matt. Um, So... I know you said it doesn't have to be a couple, and my first thought was Mulder and Scully, because mm-hmm. they're just classic. Um, and then I happened to look at the stories that I have for tonight, and I had another idea, so I'm going to go with this one. Lara Croft and Nathan Drake. Ooh. That actually like, kind of makes sense, though. Right? I play that video game, too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that would be, that'd be a good pairing. She's going to put him in his place, for sure. But it would sure be a hell of a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. I'm down for that. Lydia. See, you said odd couple, so my brain went, who's really odd? And I actually did come up with an actual couple that's from a video game that, say, probably only me and one other person in this room is going to understand this reference. But I'm going to go with uh, Daxter and Tess from Jack and Daxter. <laughs> Because, you know, what's more odd than falling in love with an Otzel and then becoming an Otzel yourself? <laughs> Finally, Tabitha. I don't know what any of those words you just said. <laughs> <laughs> so my favorite odd couple, like, trope is, like, the grumpy sunshine trope where you've got, like, one super grumpy person and one, like, super happy Labrador retriever happy person. <laughs> so you and Matt. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense now. It's one of my favorite things. So... Batman and Jesse from Toy Story. <laughs> I feel like they balance each other out really well. Because then when um, Batman was having a bad day, Jesse would do something stupid and he'd be low-key like shut up, but like in his head he'd be like, that was kind of cute. Because I'm familiar. <laughs> I do a lot of stupid stuff, let's just put it that way. And I'm grumpy all of the time. <laughs> so is the horse involved? No. no. No bullseye? No. Oh. Batman needed glue for the batterings. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep, she's definitely the dark one. <laughs> <laughs> Tabitha is the dark knight. <laughs> I think you just found your uh, picture for the night. <laughs> yep. Using Tabitha two weeks in a row. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, and Lydia. All right, so we're going to start tonight. Um, Matt, you had a an interesting story uh, because... E3 is basically, it is like the end-all be-all in terms of gaming conventions, Mm -hmm. but there are some heavy hitters who are like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, So, 
I mean, there's no bigger three than this when it comes to video games. Uh, Nintendo, PlayStation, and Xbox are all going to be skipping E3 this year. Then what's E3 even going to be? Right? Candy Crush. (laughs) (laughs) Full stop. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Um, They're saying that Microsoft and Xbox are skipping because they're doing their own event roughly a week before E3. Um, PlayStation has skipped... But they say 2019 and 2020, even before E3 was canceled. Um, and the rumor for Nintendo is that they just have a light release schedule for the second half of the year. Um, it just... It, it, it makes me wonder, like we said, who else is going to be there? And I know that there's going to be other publishers and there's going to be other groups that are going to be there but like without those three presenting that's like that's a majority of the things that you're going to talk about uh right i mean that's like marvel skipping san diego yeah so it just like it's probably going to put i I, i'm torn on what it's going to do for the news that comes out of e3 because, yes, most of the time, everything is so heavily focused on those three and the big games that they're announcing. Are we going to get more indie game news? Are we going to get more like individual studio news? Or are we just not going to get much of anything? And, I mean, that's, that's left to be seen, but uh, I don't know. It does kind of make me wonder with those three being as big as they are and as prominent as they are in E3 to have backed out if there's something else going on that no one knows about yet. Mm. Like if there's some kind of controversy going on with the people who run E3 and they just all went, eh, we're not going to deal with that this year. Yeah. Because those are not that like good of excuses to not be there. Mm -hmm. I feel like if there was any kind of controversy within like someone somewhere within E3... I feel like we would have heard something about that by now. I mean, just the the world that we lived in now, it's like yeah. it's just somebody breathes the wrong way and it, it seems like half the world knows about it. Yeah. True. Yeah. So, I mean, there there's nothing that's been confirmed from any of them. Everything that has been said is why they're those three are, are skipping um, is is rumor mill basically at this point um nobody has come forward and said you know from any of those big three like why specifically they're not going to be there so it's all speculation at the moment i mean it's not completely unheard of for you know one of them to not be in there or whatever but like you know same kind of thing you know like you know it's not completely unheard of for Let's say Marvel to miss out on a San Diego Comic Con, which I think they well, have. Didn't DC skip last year? Yeah, I think you're right. But but still, I mean, like to have no kind of representation from you know any of these three, like it's. I mean, those are the three consoles. Like, yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. So yeah, it's just it's weird, and maybe you know maybe this isn't anything to do with them. Maybe it's. A different direction that E3 is going in. I don't know, but I don't know. You think that with 
you'd think with a couple of at least a couple of the big ones backing out that one of them would basically leap at the chance to take the spotlight you know like mm-hmm. it nintendo has always not always but for a long time has played third fiddle to playstation and to xbox so if those two were going to skip you'd think nintendo would jump at that chance and be like hey look at what we've got we've got big news like throw something out there but that's just not the way it's playing out right now well and also like you said what what does that leave pc mobile games that's about it, it. Yeah, I mean, it leaves the individual publishers and the like those gaming houses, but at the same time, a bunch of those are, I mean, even if you were to say like Naughty Dog or Insomniac or uh, three four three, like those are specifically PlayStation mm-hmm. or Xbox Studios. So how does that how does that play into it? When is E three again? June thirteenth through the sixteenth. So, I mean, there's still time for us to find out exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to the bottom of it. Keep listening to the Geek Awakens podcast every week, wherever you find your podcasts. I don't know why I said podcasts like that. I thought you said podcast. It did. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Let's start a tree themed podcast. I was thinking about Chris Pine. So, there are two <laughs> kinds of people. <laughs> A Chris Pine themed podcast. I was thinking pints also. Apparently, there's three. Yeah. Matt, what's there's your? I didn't have any thoughts. There, there's your image for this week. Chris Pine, Pine Tree, Pine Saul, <laughs> Pine Cast. <laughs> like live, laugh, love, but <laughs> uh, tree pine soul, like live, laugh, love. Yeah. Let's just go to the poll list. (laughs) (laughs) What's on our poll list this week? So we have two books to talk about this week. Uh, They are both by Silver Sprocket. Um, The first one is The Secret Secret History of Black Punks, Record Zero. Uh, This is out February 8th by Reagan Buchanan. Uh, The Secret History... I almost said Hickory. (laughs) What Did you it? really think it's a tree? Yes. This is just a tree themed. It is. It is. The tree cast. <laughs> the tree awakens. <laughs> uh, the tree blooms. Um, I don't like that. <laughs> so the secret history of black punks is an illustrated illustrated reference for punk, post punk, hardcore, uh, new wave, and experimental bands from ground zero to present day geared towards all fans of the genre whether just starting out or have been obsessed uh, since day one i really liked this um very informational and it's not this isn't like a traditional um comic book or graphic novel where you know like you're reading a story you know like the this is almost like you know you're reading like from a you know textbook or something like that but with some really cool images um and I honestly like, you know, I, I do, I do dabble in punk from time to time, but like, I don't, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of, you know, punk music, but even still, like, I, I don't think I knew any of this stuff. So, um, but yeah, like for, you know, if you are a fan of punk music at all, like you definitely need to check this out. And what's really cool about this too, I, you know, I was reading like the introduction, uh, this isn't going to be the first one. They're going to have more of these. Um, and it's, you know, 
hopefully the others are going to be just as um, well. Um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I keep wanting to say rehearsed. Researched. Researched. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, will be as well researched as, as this one. Um, Tabitha, I know you said you also uh, had a chance to read this. What did you think? Yeah, this, like you said, was really informational. Um, I literally recognized one of the artists that they kind of spotlighted in this, but just like, I lo- we've gotten a couple of things from different um, companies that are kind of like these like infographics of music artists or one band in particular. This was super interesting to, I didn't get a chance to read the whole thing, but just to kind of thumb through and like, I added quite a bit of like music to my like playlist because I was like, Oh, who is that? And I would take a second. I would look it up stuff I'd never heard of before that might not a hundred percent be my jam, but I always like a new exposure to, to music. So this was really cool. Um, the art was really interesting because it kind of changed with each artist, mm-hmm. like based on like the kind of punk music that they put out, which was absolutely incredible. Like I kind of picked up on that theme like very fast. And so then I spent some time just like flipping through to see how like if I thought like the art would match my vibe and then the artists that I pulled up their music, the art that I liked turned out to be the music that I liked, which was incredibly cool. Nice. It's like they wrote this with you in mind. I don't think that they did at all. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, next up is Rituals, which is on sale uh, February 15th. It's by uh, Nicole Go. Uh, so Nicole uses this mini art book to capture all the ways we get ready for a night out, both physically and mentally. Uh, so both books that we've talked about for um, the pull list this week, I mean, they, they are both not your typical um, graphic novel. This one, again, no story, um, no words. It's just a bunch of different pictures of people getting ready, you know, to go out, whether it's, you know, a first date or whether it's, you know, just going out with friends or, you know, whatever. Um, And I thought that this was really cool. It was, you know, it just, it showed how, you know, we can all be completely different, but at the same time, it's like, you know, at, at, at its core, you know, like we're still just doing, we're still just doing the same thing, you know, and in our own way, but still. Uh, Tabitha, what'd you think? I really like this. I really, really love the art. Like each character and each person had their own kind of like color scheme. And mm-hmm. the color scheme was like very, like very obviously based on like the kind of person that they were. And there was one that was like a green, yellow, gold vibe. Do you remember that one? Mm-hmm, Seeing that one mm-hmm. at all? And like the room is just like full of like plants and nature and like this person's getting ready. And it was like, I want something like I want it blown up on my wall. Like it's an incredible piece of art. Um, and it was so diverse. Like there was not one thing in there that like there was not like one thing that they missed. Like they had, you know, a, like a person that was had a disability they had a muslim woman they had just this epic diverse cast in this and every single person while we're all so different was doing essentially the same thing and it was just it was almost chilling to look through it was really cool um some of these images like i said were would absolutely make stunning just pieces of art to hang on your wall yeah for sure for sure all right guys it is time for trailer takedown Let's get ready for Trailer Takedown! And 
and we're gonna do something a little bit different this week because um somebody forgot to watch the trailers um i'm gonna go ahead and blame it on pregnancy brain (laughs) that's fair blame the kid (laughs) i'm I'm giving you an out this time lydia (laughs) my one and only chance (laughs) so lydia is going to give the points last for each round because she is going to base these trailers off of our discussion so it's almost like she's watching the trailer like we are the trailer to the trailer it's like trailerception up in here that sounds like hamilton county (laughs) (laughs) it's like one of those fedex trucks that's got two trailers down the highway right something like that yeah yeah. <laughs> I'm just picturing like a trailer attached to another trailer, but like the one trailer is sideways and it's like off the back end of the other trailer. So then it's like a big fancy trailer mansion because there is indeed one of those in my hometown. <laughs> <laughs> or like what is it? Would we say Harry's? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Franken trailer. <laughs> All right, so the first matchup is uh, Party Down versus The Boogeyman. Um, I So Party Down <laughs> is a series, it was on Stars for two seasons, um, then went away, and now they're bringing it back for season three because in the world that we live in, everything gets a chance for a revival, uh, but I am a thousand percent okay with this i only saw the first season of party down but i loved it um it's got a great cast it's genuinely funny um you know while while it doesn't necessarily take place in a restaurant it it does center around a catering business so it's still it's something that like i kind of got fever dreams about sometimes you know um which which part dropping the tray yes just just all of it (laughs) all of it um well, also that that part where um, Adam Scott was like, yeah, I didn't see myself doing this in my 40s. <laughs> and as somebody who has just recently retired from waiting tables, that does kind of scare me <laughs> that like five years from now, I'm going to be back. I'm going to be like, yeah, I didn't see this happening in my 40s. <laughs> but anyway, um, but yeah, I am so here for it. Um, I don't need another streaming service in my life, but... Uh, I may have to get stars once this comes out uh, to rewatch the first two seasons and then watch this uh, third season and then get rid of stars again because I don't need any more streaming services. Uh, that goes up against the Boogeyman. Um, this is uh, from Stephen King. I almost want to say R.L. Stein, not the same person, no. a different human. Um, and then also, it said, was it like some producers from Stranger Things? Yeah. So, obviously, pretty scary. I wasn't feeling it. You know, it was... It it had a couple moments where I'm like, okay, as a trailer, you're almost making me jump. So, like, you're gonna make me jump in the movie. Um, and, I don't know, it, it might be good, but, like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to give eight points to Party Town and two to the Boogeyman. Um, Tabitha. So, Party Town looked like what would happen if that movie waiting had a baby with arrested development mm. is that a good or a bad thing i don't know yet um <laughs> i think i would have to watch an episode um i love jane lynch and adam scott so it 
it has potential for me. Um, but also, I sometimes have a problem with like kind of that slapsticky humor. It tends to make me roll my eyes more so than it does to make me laugh. Um, Boogeyman looks like a great Friday night in the month of October to me. Um, it looks like it's going to give me some jump scares, but it also might be a little bit hokey, um, which are some of my favorite horror movies. So I'm going to give seven points to Boogeyman because I actually think I would make the time to watch that. And then my other three points are going to go to Party Town, one for Adam Scott and two for Jane Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> um, just just to confirm, are you saying Party Down or Party Town? Party Down. Okay. Did I say town? It sounded like you said to town. To be fair, you said town before you Did asked I? her what, yeah. Maybe that's why I've said both. Now you have <laughs> party down, yeah. not town, right? Or like in the trailer, like this business card says party down with an M. So is it down or? <laughs> it is down. Now I don't know. <laughs> now this whole thing feels like a fever dream. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Matt. Um, so I have to second your thoughts on some of the restaurant vibes that happened in that trailer. And when you said that this had been a series... I was like, I feel like I've seen commercials for this before, and I just didn't realize it. So that now explains why this looked familiar. Um, I'm torn because, yes, the cast looks great. Um, Definitely have some of those relation ideas to, like, waiting tables and how that all feels. Um, Like, that, the one moment where, I don't know, it's... The, there are two people talking and he says something to the lady and she just looks at him and like smacks the tray out of his hand and it just hits the floor and he just like looks at the floor and like walks away. I'm like, yeah, I've had those moments where you just, you're done, you give up, I, I can't do it. But there's also the a few of those moments where they were, I almost felt like they were trying too hard in the trailer to be funny and it felt a little bit um, Will Ferrell. Like, trying too hard to be funny slapstick and it, and it and it lost me but i did chuckle a few times in the trailer so there's a possibility there boogeyman as many stephen king adaptations of the, as there have been this one looks like the producers the writers have finally looked at the stephen king story and what has made horror movies popular in the last five years and mesh those two together. Because let's face it, it is not scary. I can't think of a Stephen King movie that's actually scary. I just, they don't scare me. Misery, not scary. Is it like disturbing? Yes. Is it scary? No. And I feel like there are parts of Boogeyman which are going to be jump scare and frightening. So I feel like this is going to be like Tabitha said, a good Friday night in October. This is going to be a good one. I'm going to look forward to watching this. Um, I'm going to give my points on the fact that I'm definitely more likely to watch Boogeyman than I am to either catch up on Party Down. I was going to say Party Town anyways. Um, <laughs> or watch this new season. So I am going to go seven points for Boogeyman and three for Party Down. All right. You've heard our arguments, Lydia. What are your thoughts? So listening to what you guys have said, um, Party Down sounds like it's not up my alley because I'm with Tabitha. I don't like that 
cringy slapstick kind of humor. It just it makes me cringe, and I have enough secondhand embarrassment on my own. I don't need any more. <laughs> um, also, I'm not going to get a star streaming service to watch this. And not gonna lie, kind of thinking of stars makes me think back to like being a kid and thinking, oh, stars, that's you know expensive, and that, that that's the TV like channel that rich people watch. Mm-hmm. I'm never gonna watch anything <laughs> on there. <laughs> Stars was like elite rich people stuff. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, like that that too. I'm just, I'm I'm good. I I'm uncomfortable. No, no thank you. Um, Boogeyman sounds fun. I love horror movies. I need to watch more Stephen King stuff as it is. So based off of what you guys have said and the fact that I will, am way more likely to watch it, I'm going to give eight to Boogeyman and two to Barty Gun. Okay, so with a score of 16 to 24, uh, Boogeyman moves on. It is going to face the winner of The Mandalorian Season 3 versus Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Um, Matt, let's start with you with this round. Um, so Mandalorian after Season 2, I wasn't real sure where this was going to go. Um. I'm not going to lie, season one and season two, as much as I enjoyed them, kind of felt like an escort quest, and I hate those in games. Like, I do. Like, you're just, you're wandering around doing this, and you don't really know why, but you're taking this minion to some end result. Um, Just from the trailer, I feel like we are really going to dig into more of Mando's story, his background, like that whole line in the trailer where he talks about how he is going to go to Mandalore to, I forget what the way he says it, but basically like redeem for his sins is not the right word, but that's like the general idea behind why he's going there. It seems like they've gotten bigger. There's more action. Um, There's a whole ton of Jedi that show up all of a sudden towards the end of the trailer. Um, so that has me intrigued to see how this moves into the timeline that we already know. Um, Shazam, I'm, I'm real torn here because I love to hate this character for Zachary Levi. Um, because I understand that he's a kid with superpowers, so he acts like a kid, but like when you look like a grown up and you act like a kid, it bothers me. And I, I, I can't reconcile that in my head. I take offense to that. <laughs> and that doesn't like any of us. None meant. Um, <laughs> but then again, you've got, was it Lucy Liu? On a freaking dragon. And Helen Mirren being the, the villains. Like, that looks absolutely badass and amazing. Um... I am gonna I'm gonna run seven points for Mandalorian and three for Shazam just because I still I can't completely get on board with the character. I was I I was really torn with both of these trailers. Um, obviously I've you know I've loved the first two seasons of the Mandalorian and the the trailer for this third season looks phenomenal. Um, you know like even 
you know, Amy Sedaris's character, you know, yelling out like, <laughs> may the force be with you. Like, I was just like, oh yeah, that's cool. And then, uh, baby Yoda, like being a baby badass. Um, yeah, like I'm here for it. Um, I am worried though. Do we need to watch the other, I don't know, 743 other Star Wars shows that have come out between Mandalorian season two and season three? Because why does Mandalor why does Mando have Baby Yoda already again? So yeah. I don't know. Obi Wan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I assumed so because I did know that he showed up there. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, but like you know, I'm I feel like I'm worried that I'm going to get lost. Um, with Shazam, uh, I went into the first movie with not high expectations. Um, and it exceeded every single one of them. I loved the first movie. It was way better than it had any right to be. And I am excited for this second one. Um, the sequel looks like it's, you know, it's built upon the first, uh, it still looks super funny and it, but at the same time, it looks like, you know, the stakes have increased, the stakes have risen. Um, and it's kind of interesting, you know, we're going to talk about that in a little bit, you know, the, uh, unveiling of the DCU. And it's going to be interesting to see how this movie plays out when we know that the, for all intents and purposes, the end is near for this iteration of the DC universe. Um, so that said, I mean, it's, it, I'm, I'm torn, but um, just after watching each of them, I found myself more excited about Shazam, believe it or not. And so I am actually going to go the opposite of Matt. Um, I'm giving seven points to Shazam and three to Mandalorian. Tabitha. The only way that that Shazam movie better end is with a dead Shazam and Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu on a dragon being the victors. And that's how that franchise wraps up. Because if it's not, it's rigged. Because there's no chance that that dumbass kid has a chance even in Zachary Levi's body against Lucy Liu on a dragon and Helen Mirren. It's just not a thing. Like, I refuse to believe it. Like, that's like I can wrap my head around a lot of things, like talking fish and sponges that live under the sea and pineapples, but that I cannot wrap my head around. So, zero points for that entire thing. All of my points are going to the Mandalorian. I don't care if I'm lost. I don't care if I'm confused. It's going to give me feelings. It looks incredible. They have clearly upped their game with some of their special effects even more than they did in the first two seasons. I want an entire show of just Amy Sedaris babysitting Baby Yoda. I <laughs> don't care. Ten points to Baby Yoda. Zero points to whatever Shazam thinks it's trying to be. All right. <laughs> I had a visceral reaction to that trailer. And it was tell. also way too long. That trailer was like five and a half minutes long. Like I was taking a nap by the time it ended. <laughs> I got gray hair during that trailer. <laughs> because you were so worried about Shazam? No, because it wouldn't stop. It just kept happening. And I was like, every time I was like, oh, it's wrapping. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Okay, that's why we were almost late getting here. <laughs> the Shazam trailer took 10 years off my life. <coughs> I'm older than Helen Mirren now. <laughs> Lydia? <laughs> uh, 
You all make very valid arguments, but this one I actually have a little bit of insight of my own just because I haven't seen any of this on <laughs> either side. I haven't watched Mandalorian at all. I haven't seen the first Shazam movie. I saw the first trailer they put out for Shazam. Was it <laughs> also 10 years long? No. I also feel like we talked about that one a while back, but I don't know. Mm, we did. But I say just for the simple fact of I have catching up to do on both sides and I just don't have the patience for that at the moment i'm just gonna go five and five and make it easy (laughs) so with a score of 25 to 15 um baby yoda kills shazam Um, (laughs) so the finals it's uh the boogeyman (laughs) versus the mandalorian season three tabitha let's start with you this round um i'm giving eight of my points to um baby yoda and i'm giving two to the spooky horror movie because I know it's going to make me jump in that because that's how many times it made me jump in the trailer. (laughs) (laughs) Matt. Um, This is a tough call because (laughs) a lot of times when we rate these, we kind of put into it how likely we are to spend the time to watch these. And I am very likely to watch both of these. Um, The only advantage is that one comes out first and then the other one comes out so I don't have to watch them both. Like, try and watch them at the same time. I'm going to go six to Mando and four for Boogeyman, in part because I feel like we're getting another Boogeyman trailer before that drops. Um, I'm going all in on Mandalorian. Um, you're absolutely right, Matt. Which, which one am I going to more likely to watch first? And it's definitely definitely Mandalorian. Um, I'm not saying I won't watch the Boogeyman, but I doubt it ever shows up on my radar. Um, I just hope I don't have to do a whole lot of catching up so um lydia see i'm i'm basically gonna go solely off of what am i going to watch and the boogeyman is going to require a lot less time and effort on my part so i'm going to give eight to the boogeyman and two to baby yoda one for each of his cute little ears (laughs) (laughs) all right so with a score of 26 to 14 the Mandalorian season three wins trailer takedown. Um, is anyone really surprised? No. no, not at all. All right, let's get into gut reaction. Ow! Gut reaction. And I'm going to start off, um, like I mentioned, you know, there was a lot of DC news that came out uh, this week. Uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran have announced the initial slate of DC movies and television shows for DCU's first chapter, Gods and Monsters. Uh, The projects are uh, Creature Commandos, Waller, Superman Legacy, Lanterns, The Authority, Paradise Lost, The Brave and the Bold, Booster Gold, uh, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, and Swamp Thing. Um, And then also... That projects that fall outside of the main DCU, um, like sequels to Joker and the Batman, are going to go under a new banner called DC Elseworlds, which is the DC Comics alternate universe um, line of comics that we haven't really seen in a while, but I digress. Um, Giant thumbs up to this. Uh, I think that um, they've got an interesting mix. I mean, you you had me with Booster Gold and Lanterns, even though we're getting something different than what we were going to get with Green Lantern. Um, but it's 
I'm impressed that they didn't go all in on the main characters. You know, we do have a movie that's, or I don't, I'm not, I don't remember if it's a movie or a TV series, but anyway, we do have a show that is set in the Wonder Woman world, but it doesn't have Wonder Woman. Um, I'm okay with that uh, because, especially if they end up recasting Wonder Woman, you're gonna need some breathing room between whoever they cast now versus Gal Gadot, who. You know, even for people who hated Wonder Woman 84, like, she is still Wonder Woman. Um, but there is also, I mean, theoretically, there is a chance that she could continue on, you know, depending on. So, uh, but anyway, giant thumbs up. Uh, I just hope that Warner Brothers Discovery doesn't uh, decide to cancel all these things. <laughs> Tabitha. I have a hard time putting my faith in DC anything anymore because they're like, it's coming coming it's coming just kidding with literally everything <laughs> like they get to like the end stage and they're like guys we have it casted it's ready here you go and then they're like just kidding give me that back <laughs> so i am taking everything they say at this point in my life with a grain of salt um so i'm giving it a thumb sideways matt i'm torn because i'm excited the fact that they're going to do lanterns as a show they're going to include the two most popular Green Lanterns and they're not going to try and shove all of that into an hour and a half or two hour movie. So you're going to be able to expand on the ideas, the story. They said it's kind of going to be a galactic true detective. Okay, I can I can dig that with a Green Lantern vibe. I'm here for that. Um, I love the fact that they're going to do the Elseworlds thing. So stuff that falls outside of the main line, they're still going to do... But it's not going to affect the current timeline and story continuity. Big, big fan of that. Um, I like the mix of classic characters and like those that are unheard of. Like, I have no idea who the authority is. I don't know who was it. Monster creature. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the name. Uh, Creature. Where did it go? Um, Creature. Creature Commandos. Creature Commandos. No idea who they are. But on the other hand, real excited to see Brave and the Bold, Batman and Robin, that story. I haven't read it. Definitely adding it to the list of things I need to read. Um, So I think it's a good mix. But I'm also with Tabitha. Everything that they do is, here we go! Oh, wait, hold on. So until we, like, and I know that they've tapered their expectations on movies and series to like two a year to kind of get things rolling, which good for them. They're not going, you know, we're not going to do five movies and three TV shows in the span of the first year. Like they're going to slow it down. They're going to get things rolling so that I appreciate. I just need to see the production and I need to see it happen before I can go all in on this. So thumb sideways. Lydia. Yeah. I'm with them. Say DC kind of has a, track record of not not putting out as much as they talk about um also i only recognized a fraction of what you said when you were listing <laughs> off all the stuff that uh they're doing so i guess i need to uh up my knowledge on what dc has because i i recognize lanterns and i recognize batman and superman and wonder woman but past that i had no idea what you were talking about and I can feel eyes in the back of my head right now, and it's uncomfortable. Um, 
but I'm gonna just go thumb sideways and hope for the best, but we'll see what happens with them. I feel like everything we talk about with DC, we should just start with allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm okay being the only one with blind faith. You are literally the only one (laughs) in maybe the world with blind faith. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm going to stick with DC for uh, one more story. So one of the last remaining DC shows in the CW-verse isn't going anywhere just yet. Um, During that same DCU announcement, uh, the subject of Superman and Lois came up, and James Gunn said that the show, which is about to start season three, uh, probably has one or two more seasons left. Uh, he went on to say that it's a show that everybody likes, so we're going to keep it going for a bit. Um, I'm also going to give this a thumbs up. I have not started this show yet, but I've heard a lot of good things about it, and I keep meaning to start it. Um, honestly, it's the fact that the series premiere is over an hour long, <laughs> and I'm like, do I do I want to start that yet? No. Um, I'm sure once I bite the bullet and do it, I'm going to love it. Uh, but... I also think this is a good idea because, you know, the DCU isn't going to really launch until 2025. So this still gives us a little bit of time to kind of, you know, tie up any loose ends. So thumbs up, Tabitha. Yeah, thumbs up. Um, It's not something that I'm probably going to dedicate time to watching, but sure. Matt. The conglomeration of what HBO, DC, Discovery has killed enough shows in the last six months. The fact that they are going to let this one, as far as it sounds like, like play out its run. I respect that Um, because, you know, James Gunn and Pete Saffron are not coming in and going, okay, hard stop. We're starting over like they're going to roll with some of the stuff that's going, including this show. So that I have to give huge credit for them to kind of like roll that into what they're planning and what they're doing. So thumbs up. Lydia. I'll be honest. You said that this is one of the last CW shows that they have running, and I completely forgot that this one even started. <laughs> 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 um, but thumbs up for the fact that they went, hey, people like this. Maybe we shouldn't can this right now. So, Matt, let's talk about Tomb Raider. So, Tomb Raider has had a couple of movies. Well, three movies. Two with Angelina Jolie. One that was a reboot that was supposed to restart the franchise. Um, They're going to try it again. Um, Amazon is working with the writer of the last James Bond movie, No Time to Die. To bring Tomb Raider Lara Croft to Amazon Prime as a TV series. Um, there's no word at this point that um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who is going to be producing and writing, if she is going to be starring. At this point, that's about all we've got, um, is that this is going to be happening for Amazon. She's kind of in charge um, there's enough content as far as Tomb Raider goes that they could do this, but I don't know. It's, it's another one of those video game adaptations that we'll have to wait and see once we get casting, once we get some plot details, get a timeline. Um, 
I don't know. This may work as a TV series. It's a guilty pleasure, but yeah, I friggin' love that first Tomb Raider movie. So I'm going to go thumb sideways until we get a little more information and some more details. Lydia. So Tabitha was talking earlier about having a visceral reaction to the Shazam trailer. (laughs) I want to talk about having a visceral reaction to something. The reboot movie that they tried to do based off of the reboot of the games, which that series is amazing, by the way, is absolute garbage. I hated every single second of it. And it honestly made me super mad that they even attempted to base it off of those video games. That having been the last thing they have tried to do as far as movie or TV show or anything with this franchise, I am scared and (laughs) I don't know if I even want to try to watch this when it comes out because I don't want my faith in whatever this is to be crushed even further than it already is so i think i'll just stick to uh replaying those uh last three games and i'm gonna go thumbs down and go sit in my corner and play my games while you ruin this thing again (laughs) (laughs) um i'm gonna go thumbs sideways on this i think that like on the one hand yeah like none of the tomb raider movies have been particularly good um so I've heard. I've not seen any of them. Surprise, surprise. Uh, that said, I do think that something like this might benefit itself from a TV series over a movie. Um, give yourself 8, 10, 12 hours, however many long, to really let something like this breathe. I don't think that something like Tomb Raider can really be done, you know, within an hour and a half, two hours, whatever. Um that said is that really going to be all that it takes to make something like this good in a different medium we'll see Tabitha while you were talking about this like I went on like a very odd roller coaster because you were like a new Laura Croft show and I was like okay and then you were like on Amazon Prime and I'm like okay then you were like written by the guy who wrote the last James Bond movie, which was like my least favorite Bond movie. And I'm like, okay. Then you were like, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. And I went like, this was like, (laughs) like my emotions went all over the place. So I'm giving this a thumb sideways because I need to regulate. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Warren G. (laughs) Granted, it won't be quite quite this long because obviously I'll be editing some stuff out, but we are at 47 minutes and you did your first shame of the night. It's because I've had like two, four glasses of wine. (laughs) Two, four. (laughs) Math. Hey, she's drinking my portion, okay? (laughs) I got your back. You're such a good friend. I know. (laughs) You know who's not a good friend, though? You? Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) That's rude. That's really rude. (laughs) So Netflix is being a total turd. Um, And and (laughs) are you okay? I I didn't think it was that funny. Conviction. <laughs> <laughs> the next word I thought was coming out of your mouth was not turd. <laughs> Netflix is being a total turd. 
news announcer and then you said turd. Okay, carry on. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so Netflix is making good on their promise to crack down on password sharing. Um, the new rules will force customers to identify uh, a primary location, and they'll need to sign in to the Wi-Fi of their primary location at least once every 31 days to avoid being blacked out. Um, I also I read this yesterday. And I couldn't find it again today to confirm it. But so take this next part with a grain of salt. But like there was also even talk of like, you know, if you are traveling and you're at a hotel or whatever. To be able to sign into your Netflix away from your home, you're going to have to get like a one time use code from Netflix to be able to use your Netflix. Um, Total, total absolute thumbs down. Um, there are a lot of people threatening to quit Netflix over this. I totally understand it. Um, I get Netflix for free through my phone carrier. So I'm like, well, I think I now have to pay like five bucks for it, but whatever. Um, so if I, if I were paying full price for Netflix, I probably would cancel. They're not in a position anymore to do these kinds of things. Um, yeah, they do still have a lot of content, but the content that made Netflix as famous as it is now isn't there anymore. The office isn't there anymore. You know, like um, countless other examples have gone on to their parent company's own streaming service. And a lot of those streaming services don't give a fudge. Um, <laughs> a turd. <laughs> they don't give a turd. Um, like HBO Max is like, you know, like they're they're making it rain with different profiles. You know, it's it's fine. And I think that for Netflix to be able to continue as a company, they need to learn that and embrace that. Um, I don't see this ending well for them. Tabitha. Yeah, I agree with you. I also don't see this ending well for them. I was thinking about this the other day, like the amount of content that we actually do watch on Netflix. Sometimes I wonder if it's like worth, worth it. holding on to. Like, I think that about all of our streaming services until there's that day when I'm like, I need to binge watch 10 hours of Netflix's original Empire Games. Like, I I don't <laughs> watch these things until I need to. So I feel like we're in a situation where if we were sharing our Netflix account or we were on a shared Netflix account, like, we just wouldn't continue with the service. But we have one, and... I don't think anybody else is on it. So to me, this is just kind of a thumb sideways thing. I don't really care. I understand people's outrage. Um, it will be problematic for like travel purposes for myself and others, but thumb sideways. I don't really have a horse in the, a horse turd in the Netflix <laughs> race, I guess. <laughs> you, you don't have a Bojack Horseman in this race. What does that mean? Bojack Horseman is like one of like the famous net Netflix original shows. Is it that like cartoon yeah. adult? Yeah, no, yeah. that's not. That's something I've avoided, like the plague. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, um, I have to second Mitch on this one, where the content, like Netflix, still produces high quality content, original content, but they are not the only one producing that high quality original content anymore. Disney Plus. HBO Max, Christ, even Peacock and 
Paramount are putting out original content like Picard, you know, those there are other streaming services they're putting out, maybe not as much, but they are putting out their own high quality content. And I don't think Netflix has the leverage anymore to be cracking down on this at this point in time. Um, also considering no one else seems to give a turd that this is <laughs> the most times I've heard the word turd in my whole life. Nobody else cares that passwords are being shared and you're logging in from other locations. Um, I think that, yes, this is going to come back to bite them. They are going to lose, at least initially, a lot of subscribers. Um, will they rebound? Yeah, probably. But who knows what it's going to cost. So I'm going to go thumbs down on the crackdown. <laughs> Lydia. <laughs> First we're talking about turds, now we're talking about cracks. I was literally <laughs> just thinking that. Um, so... <laughs> Living in a household where I share all these streaming services among, like, my parents and my sister and various friends, like, I have a Disney Plus subscription that I share with my mom and dad. They have Netflix that they share with us. And they have spent the money, the extra money per month to allow all of these profiles and allow so many uh, devices to stream at at one time. Like, what's the point of having all of that? If now you're going to crack down, oh, well, you can only have it in one household. Okay, who's going to have five, six devices going on Netflix in one house at one time? That's stupid. That's pointless. Like, you're literally killing yourself at this point, basically. So, yeah, giant thumbs down. We haven't talked about Jared Leto's abs in a while. Matt. (laughs) Speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) So, the only Tron movie that Tabitha will ever watch might be coming sooner than you think, starring Jared Leto and maybe his abs. You better be there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I guess maybe, I don't know if it's a downside. Um, The director that they currently have lined up for the Tron 3 movie, which is going to be called Tron Ares, um, is the director from... Pirates of the Caribbean 5, which again, I didn't know there was any Pirates of the Caribbean past 3, but, you know. Um, Disney's been trying to get this off the ground for quite a while, ever since um, Tron Legacy was a thing. Um, It's going to happen. Jared Leto is starring. He's attached. Again, they have a director. They're set to start. Filming as early as, what did they say, August of this year. Um, They have a script. I don't know. Kind of like I mentioned before, as far as guilty pleasures go, Tron and Tron Legacy are guilty pleasures for me. I do love these movies. Um, If they're going to make more of them, I'm going to be here for it. But I know there's a lot of people that are like, why? Why are we doing this? Um no idea if this is going to be a theatrical release or Disney Plus, but it's finally moving forward. I'm going to go thumbs up because, like I said, guilty pleasure. Lydia. So so is Jared Leto going to be like the kid of the kid that's dad got trapped in the first one? or? Um, so originally, <laughs> the Tron 3 movie was going to be a reboot. 
now with Jared Leto and the director and everything, it's going to continue the story. So I have no idea who he's going to play. Okay. Um. Yeah, just based off of limited knowledge, and I also don't really care one way or another about Jared Leto. <laughs> I'm just going to go thumb sideways. <laughs> yeah, I'm going thumb sideways. Um, I think the first time I watched Tron was for this podcast when we did it as a guilty pleasure dumpster fire once. Uh, I've since never really been interested in Tron Legacy. Not really interested in this one. Plus, also, doesn't Jared Leto, like, isn't he, doesn't he lead a cult? (laughs) Yes. Yes. So, like, why is that not problematic for people? (laughs) Why is that not problematic for you, Tabitha? Because there are some cults that are okay. (laughs) Apparently those cults are Jared Leto's abs. Clearly. But (laughs) Thumbs sideways. Tabitha, where's your thumb? Hopefully not on his abs. (laughs) Also not in his cult. Um, (laughs) Ew. (laughs) Um, It's a dark cult. It's actually not. It's very bright. He wears all white. All white. They all wear all white. It's on a beach. It is. They only meet once a year. Um, I know a lot about the cult, but I'm not a part of it. Obviously. I'm not. No, there's a monetary requirement. Yeah, that I do not wish to pay or join. Um, How how much? I don't know, but it's more than I would pay for a cult. (laughs) How much would you pay for a cult? It depends on what the cult is based around. Okay, so I've had this thought. (laughs) That was like, you just stay in bed all the time. And you read, but every week you have to like give somebody $10, but then because you're part of this cult, you get like a religious stipend, which is a real thing, by the way. Um, I would sign up, but uh, Jared Leto's abs are not enough to entice me into wearing white because I don't look good in white because I'm pale. Um, (laughs) I would look like an even sicker Victorian child. Um, What are we talking about? (laughs) Tron. Tron. I'm watching it on mute. I don't care. Thumb sideways. (laughs) All right. So um, in a follow up to a story that we talked about a few weeks ago about um, Robert Garcia, who is a new congressman who was sworn in on, among other things, a copy of Superman number one. Um, He was actually... um, he has been able to get his hands on other very rare comics, thanks to the Library of Congress. Um, so he took to Twitter to show like some of the uh, books from the Library of Congress that he had a chance to read and even like flip through some of the pages. Um, we're talking Superman number one, Batman number one, The Dark Knight Returns number one, Amazing Fantasy number 27, and Sensation Comics number one. Um, in the tweet... He said, um, you know, he said that this is an incredible honor for any comics nerd. Uh, definite thumbs up. This is so cool for him. I am jealous of him. And this is how I end up running for Congress. <laughs> Tabitha. Because I also want to look and touch rare comics. <laughs> <laughs> I'd vote for you. Thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's surprising, actually. Yeah. It's not like I'm going to win. No, and we have similar political beliefs. Yeah. It'd be fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Matt. Um, I, I, 
I think this is awesome. I love that he has been able to do this. Not that he's like flaunting influence to be able to get to this, but honestly, I just want to give it a thumbs up for the fact that Library of Congress has these. Like that's freaking awesome. Like as as much as people look down on comics as both a form of literature and art, the fact that the Library of Con- Congress has these in their archives, absolutely amazing. Thumbs up all around. Lydia. So like I said last time we talked about this week, we need to take a road trip to Library of Congress, guys. Like Yeah. Storm the Library of Congress. I mean, we could just stop on our way. Oh, no, Mitchell, home. that's not how you get elected. We <laughs> <laughs> <You> learned nothing. <laughs> don't storm buildings, or you don't get elected. <laughs> Tell that to Marjorie. <laughs> wow. Um, anyway, thumbs up. <laughs> Matt, let's talk about Doctor Who. <laughs> Oh, my God. So, as we talked about a while back, um, so Doctor Who is, I don't know how else to say this, going to be bankrolled by Disney Plus. And um, Scrooge McDuck? Sure. I mean, he's probably backing Disney Plus anyways. I mean, also voiced (laughs) by David Tennant. Oh, shit. You're right. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Well played. David Tennant (laughs) jumping into a, a pool of coins. Along with Russell T. Davies. <laughs> right. <laughs> he definitely is now. Um, so, like I said, we talked about how Disney was going to be taking over the streaming ser- streaming platform, be the streaming platform for Doctor Who. In conjunction with that, they are going to be helping finance future episodes. Um, that information alone was enough to bring Russell T. Davies back as showrunner. Um, he admitted that he has had ideas that they BBC just did not have the funding to do. Um, now with Disney Plus backing them and providing some funding, some of those stories, some of those ideas, he will be able to flesh out and actually do. He has admitted they're not getting ten million an episode. This is not going to be a Marvel series, but they are going to have some extra financial backing. So some of those concerns that we had had about this turning into a MCU type of situation seems to have been laid to rest. Doctor Who's going to get a little bit bigger, getting a little bit fancier, but it's not going to take on that MCU feel. That said, I'm going to go thumbs up. I think we're going to be able to keep the same feel, the same vibe for Doctor Who, but do it a little bit bigger, a little bit better. Lydia. I know how much you guys always get excited about Doctor Who, and I know little bits and pieces, so it's exciting to know that they plan to take some of the stories that they haven't got the chance to do and kind of run with them. It's also cool that they have like a home for everything, but let's be honest, I'm, I'm never going to get caught up on Doctor Who because I still haven't even gotten caught up on Supernatural, and it's done. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> thumbs up for... What I know is going to make you guys happy. How far behind are you on Supernatural? Uh, season 11, I think. So not super far, okay. but I've also been working on this for like five years, guys. <laughs> I mean, and, and don't get me wrong. I haven't even started Supernatural. And at this point, definitely not going to. Um, what is it? 20 plus seasons of American seasons of 24 episodes? No, 
No, never in my lifetime. Um, <laughs> but I just, I always thought that you had watched all of it. No. Okay. I've gotten quite a ways in and I've watched like two cer- a certain season like multiple times because it's like, hey, it's been forever. I'm just going to start from the beginning and keep going. And Oh, yeah, yeah. You don't do that. No. No, you could be done by now. It could. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, back to Doctor Who. Um, I am definitely giving this a thumbs up. I'm excited for it. Um, even though the budget has gotten better and the quality has gotten better, I am still like a little bit apprehensive because part of the charm of Doctor Who is how terrible the quality is. <laughs> um, and like I said, it's leaps and bounds better, but still, I hope that there is still some of that that sticks around. Tabitha. So part of this kind of feels like Walmart's coming in and buying your local mom and pop shop. Because, like, my only experience with Doctor Who is those early seasons with Eccleston so far. And those, like, that's one of my favorite parts of watching the show is the absolute hokiness of the effects and, like, that low-budget feel. Like, especially when it comes to, like, a BBC show. Like, low-budget BBC shows just, like, look different. They feel different when you watch them, right? Like, if, is this going to come in? Is it going to start feeling like a Doctor Strange movie? which hurts my eyeballs or is it going to retain that feeling yeah. or are they going to throw so much money at it because it's so popular that it's going to lose that charm yeah like mitch said like that's part of the appeal of doctor who to me is that hokey bbc british television sitcom charm and like what if they lose that so i'm gonna go thumb sideways so Super Bowl is, as we learned off air, next weekend. Um, and if you haven't, um, you know, if you haven't gotten all your party supplies, uh, you're you're out of luck because this is already sold out. And I looked, um, but Hormel has created a new beer that's inspired by their chili cheese dip. You're not shaving me, are you? I am. Would you like to know why? Because the way you started this, Lydia and I have now made eye contact. Like, oh, God, what's going to come out of his mouth? Like four times since you started talking about this. That's a new record for us. (laughs) My bad. So um, they have um, they have partnered with Modest. Um, which is M-O-D-I-S-T. So if you're just barely, like if you're reading it really quickly, it looks like moist. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta go. (laughs) So they've partnered with Modest Brewing Company um, to create a beer that has a flavor profile like their chili cheese dip. Um, (laughs) You should never have a profile like a chili cheese dip. You should either be a chili cheese dip or not. Yeah. Um The they were they were selling, like I said, this is sold out already. Um they were selling four packs of the beer for twenty-four dollars a piece. No! It included the shipping and handling. Um <laughs> Um, I am, I am giving this a thumbs down. Um, I've, 
I've had <laughs> I've had some good cheese dips in my day, but none of them like I wanted to drink. And this is not one of them. Um, <laughs> now, if like a can of it like came to me, would I try it? Maybe. But I'm not paying. I'm not paying six dollars a can for a four pack of chili cheese beer. <laughs> Tabitha, I hate that we've had to talk about the word moist with chili cheese beer <laughs> and beer all at the same time because I'm starting to get a little nauseous. Um, I also had this terrible thought when you said shipping and handling, which was what made me almost gag. What if that shit breaks in the postal service <laughs> and that poor mail truck FedEx UPS person is just doing their job and all of a sudden their whole truck smells like Hormel chili beer. Ugh. Moist Hormel chili beer. <laughs> I would quit my job and just leave all the packages on the side <laughs> of the road. This is awful. I will never look at chili cheese dip the same. I'm sound. Matt. I know. I'm trying I'm trying to come up with words and I can't. Just thumbs down. Lydia. You know, I thought we had found one of the most disgusting things when we talked about figgy pudding spam. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, I blocked that from uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I was wrong. And like the more you talked about this, the more my brain is trying to like formulate like the texture and the flavor and everything of this, and it's just what? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like chunky beer. <laughs> I'm literally imagining like somebody tried to make cheese dip with beer and just didn't get it mixed together. Enough. And it's... <laughs> yeah. Nope. I'm done. Thumbs down. <laughs> nope. So, surprisingly, that wasn't our last story of the night. Um, There's something worse. Our our last story. Um, it, it goes to Tabitha, and I don't know. <laughs> chili cheese dogs might make an appearance in this one. <laughs> So what better with your chili cheese dogs than a root beer? Um, no. God, I hate you. Um, mine is not gross, Lydia, so you can prepare thyself for it not to be gross. That's good. Um, A&W <laughs> announced in a very obviously um, gag tweet that their mascot um, is going to start wearing pants. Because Rudy the Great Root Bear. <laughs> His name is Rudy? Rudy. Yeah. Oh, I Rudy the Root Bear. R-O-O-T-Y. Oh. Rudy the Root Bear. The more you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't wear pants, historically. Um, but they are. They said he's going to start wearing some trousers. Um, the post essentially said, um, America, let's talk. Since 1963, Rudy the Great Root Bear has been our beloved spokesbear. We knew people would notice because he's literally a six-foot-tall bear wearing an orange sweater. But now we get it. Even a mascot's lack of pants can be polarizing. <laughs> poking, Polar. <laughs> yes. They're <laughs> poking fun at the whole M&M's thing, right? So they said they were going to put pants on him. Um, whatever. They thought people would realize it was a 
gag. Uh, they did. Uh, people did. Fox Business did not. Are you <laughs> serious? Yeah. No. Fox Business uh, pointed out and reported on it, calling it a woke police cancel culture run amok. Um, there's a fun video floating around. So eventually, A and W had to retweet to clarify what they were saying. Um, it, it basically was like uh, fur coat and no knickers. A and W root beer is the latest company bowing to woke, which is what Fox News said. Uh, a and W responds and said, "Is now a good time to mention that this was a joke?" <laughs> <laughs> As a result, then Fox News turned around and changed its headline to reflect that it was a joke. But originally, it was very apparent that they were like, "Oh no, they're woke too." <laughs> so the their lack uh, their ability to not get the joke ended up being funnier than the joke itself. <laughs> um, <laughs> the root bear is not going to be wearing pants. They were making fun of. Fox News and its hatred of M&Ms now because that's what we're worried about in this world and it kind of turned upside down so the bear remains pantless root beer remains a thing Fox News remains stupid (laughs) (laughs) how dare that bear put pants on right like wouldn't you be happy that the bear has pants on like I don't understand like you're so mad about everything else the bear just put on pants wouldn't you be more mad that the bear never had pants on before? I mean, they were mad that the M&M had less sexy shoes and more yeah. sensible shoes. I love sensible shoes. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to wear sexy shoes all the time. That poor M&M. Yeah. Yeah, she's been, yeah, been wearing them for years. Poor bear. <laughs> and he's been pantsless. He's got to be cold. He's, yeah, a, he's, he's a, a bear. bear. <laughs> yeah, he's he's, got, he's yeah. a bear. But still, you're wearing a shirt and no pants when you feel weird. <laughs> I know, it's that I Donald Duck. I get exposed. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Donald Duck in it. Like, yeah. animals, <laughs> like, animals can get away with that. Mm. Yeah. Pretty much all like anthropomorphic animals have shirts but no pants. Ooh. Donald Duck, Winnie the Pooh, pretty much everybody in Zootopia. Ooh. No one has yeah. pants. Yeah. But they put the pants nice. on and now they're mad. Yeah, nice. right? But I don't want to not wear any pants. Right. I don't want to I, just want the I would look option. like Winnie the Pooh without pants. On, <laughs> the option for pants. <laughs> no pants. Kidding. It's like uh, it's my sweatpants yeah. and soft pants. Can we just appreciate Fox News's like obsession with all the food companies and their mascots and how angry they get about it? I literally don't have anything <laughs> well, else to talk about. Was it not Fox that got upset about that diner that was called Woke? And it yeah. was a breakfast diner. Oh yeah, diner? did you hear about that? Oh my god. Uh, vaguely. Yeah, this this Hispanic woman opens this breakfast cafe, and she calls it woke because you know breakfast. coffee and breakfast <laughs> yeah. and Fox News and like a couple other like local were like, oh my god, woke culture. She was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I meant like wake up. You woke up and you got some coffee because I sell <laughs> breakfast food. You idiots, like. They're an embarrassment of journalism. <laughs> I said it. Embarrassment. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm not even going to shame you because that was good. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, I just... Uh, guys, I want to make a candy now and just have like an explicitly sexy mascot. <clears throat> like, more explicit than like the green M&M with the high heels. Like, I don't know. I'm going to workshop it. Okay. Okay. Let us know what you come up with. (laughs) Will do. Bye.
In the meantime. No. Yeah. In the meantime, um, I think <clears throat> I think we've talked enough and grossed enough of you people out for a couple weeks, which it's probably safe to say that you'll probably take next week off, so so will we. Um, <laughs> we'll be back in a couple weeks. Um, yeah, everybody say bye. 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 That's going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. It would be a shame if you didn't follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Geek Awakens Podcast or on Twitter at Geek Awakens. Theme music created and produced by E. Cannon Beats. Our logo was designed by Shay McCain. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. We're boldly gone.